Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So today I want to talk about faith, dynamic faith. And the reason I I use the word dynamic is because faith is not static. It's not sedentary. It's dynamic, it's moving, it's alive, it's living. Uh, Faith is what unlocks the treasuries of heaven. Faith is what unlocks the treasuries of heaven. Faith moves, faith journeys, faith travels, it walks, it places demand on things, it it can increase. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. It unlocks, it reveals, it unveils, it unravels, it draws. A woman with an issue of blood touches Jesus' garment. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? The disciples said, Lord, everyone's thronging you. He said, I'm not talking about thronging. Somebody touched me because I felt power. I felt virtue flow out of me. A woman touched with faith and she drew. I would even go so far as to say she stole a miracle. Jesus wasn't, Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter. He was not, he was not intending to heal this woman. He wasn't intending to heal this woman. I just need to say that to mess the Calvinists up right now. He wasn't intending to heal this woman. That's why he had to stop and say, Who touched me? Who touched me? Just because he wasn't intending doesn't mean he wasn't willing. I can't, Pastor Colin, because I'm not going to get through the points. All right, so come, so come with me. So in Romans 1.17, Romans 1.17, it says that uh, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. There's a whole chapter in Hebrews 11, which we're not going to go into. It says, by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Abel, by faith, Moses, by faith, Yahweh, by faith, you know, Gideon, by faith, Samson, by faith, one after another, by faith, by faith, by faith. We live by faith. Uh, Jesus said in Luke uh, 18, 8, he says, I tell you the truth that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? When the Son of Man comes, when Jesus comes back, he says, will I really find faith? He didn't say, will I really find love? He didn't say, "Will, will I really find kindness or compassion? He says, when I return, he says, the number one thing that is going to be under warfare relentlessly from the enemy to extinguish in the earth is faith, is faith. Why faith? Because faith is the thing that God has, has imparted. That it's the thing that God wants the righteous to live by because faith is what brings heaven to earth. Faith is what, faith is, is what draws heaven into this world. Your life should not reflect this world. Your life should reflect heaven. The longer you walk with Christ, if your life is still reflecting this world, something is broken. My, 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 my life is an enigma. It's, it's a paradox. It's, it's, it's a riddle. It's, it's a mystery. I, I like mysteries. The Bible says when you, whoever speaks in tongues doesn't speak to men, speaks to God. Indeed, with his spirit, 
He utters mysteries. Paul says, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than all of you. Whenever you pray in tongues, you're not talking to men. You're talking to God. And with your spirit, you're uttering mysteries. Well, what do you mean by mysteries? Well, I'm glad you asked. A mystery is how does the son of an atheist become the pastor of a church with, with six campuses in San Diego, one in Salt Lake City, one in Boise. I, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to me. It's a mystery to me that, that, I can get, that, that, that I can get saved on a beach through a Christian surfer's outreach, the son of an atheist. It's a mystery to me that I could be married for 31 years to my beautiful Liani and be more in love today than when we first courted. It's a mystery to me that I could have such extraordinary... Fr- I'm telling you, when you pray in tongues, when you speak in the Spirit, God begins to, your life should be a mystery. If your life is predictable, there's no faith. But faith will bring you into a life. It'll unlock things over your life. That are, so so that's, that's why it's important for us to talk about faith. The reason the devil attacks faith is because faith is that, that connection point between heaven and earth. The very, very first uh, prayer that Jesus taught the disciples was what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The great battle in the earth is for God's kingdom to come and God's will be done. Jesus says the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. And then another, another verse in John, he says, the ruler of this world now stands condemned. Satan is the ruler of this world. He was cast into the earth. This is his last stand. His last stand. And so he has made sure to remove the Bible from schools, remove the Bible from our colleges, remove the Bible from our learning institutions, and replace it with perversion, replace it with all kinds. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He knows that if there are a, a generation raised in faith, raised in the word of God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. He knows that through faith, faith is the, is the bridge between heaven and it's the portal. It's the stargate. It's how heaven comes to earth in a person's life. You don't have to live according to the word of the world. You can live according to the word of God. Live according to the word of heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. So, so in the Romans 4.17, God speaks to Abraham. And, uh, and this is what it says. It says, that which is, this is what the Scriptures mean when God told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Creates new things out of nothing. And if I was to, to say to you that what faith wants to do is bring that which is dead back to life. To bring what is dead back to life. Dead hopes, dead visions, dead dreams. Maybe, maybe uh, you, you once had a business and, and you lost that business. Or you once had a dream and that dream was broken. Or you were once engaged but it was betrayed. Or you lost a home. You had a home but it was taken. I want you to know that in this house, the Spirit of God. And you need to understand God, God is good at being God. He hasn't been anybody else. He doesn't desire to be anybody else. He's kind of He's comfortable. He's, he kind of likes who he is. And so, so who God is, he is all the time. That's why he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, because he's like, I just like me. He doesn't have self-image, self-esteem issues. So everything God does, so when God is present, dead things come back to life. 
When God is present, new things are created out of nothing. Out of nothing. When we moved to San Diego 2005, we had nothing. We knew nobody. We had no church. We had no team, no leaders, nothing. We had nothing, but God created something new out of nothing. It's what he does. So I want you to strap your seatbelt on because you're in the right house. You're in the right place. You're, you, God is going to bring things that were dead back to life, and God is going to create something new out of nothing. So let's go to, let's go to our main passage, and I'm going to try and uh, unpackage it in the few minutes we have left. In, in Genesis 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, away from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. I just love God. He didn't say, I'll make my name great. He says, I'll make your name great. I just like that. A lot of people have some very, very religious. A lot of, there's a lot of Christians who are way more religious than God. God says to Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Oh, I don't want anything unless the Lord wants me to want it. God will ask you, what do you want? Well, Lord, I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to want anything you want, to want me to want. I just want what you want me to want. Don't be more religious than God. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and all the people they had acquired in Haran. They departed to go to the land of Canaan, a beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were, in, were then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. Abraham journeyed. Abraham journeyed. The Bible says that Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, but went by faith, went, went by faith. Went by faith. God, God intentionally withheld the details. I know that God is a boy because he doesn't give details. <laughs> Besides the fact that God is obviously a boy's name. But, but, but it's, it's, sorry, forgive the, forgive the silly humor. God, God says to Abraham, I want you to leave. I want you to leave, but I'm not telling you where you're going. We want to know, okay, hang on, tell me where am I going? What's it going to be like? What's the temperature like? Well, I just, I just got to know because I've got to pack. My wife always wants to know what the temperature is going to be where we're going to go because she needs to pack. She needs to know where we go. And then what do we do? Where, where, where are we going? Are we going out? Are we going out to eat? Well, I just I need to because I need to have an outfit. So, but Abraham, God gives no details. He's just a boy. He just, no, just go. Where am I going? I haven't, I haven't decided yet. No. He goes, I know, but I'm not telling. Because if you know all the details, it's not faith. It's not faith. So it says, I need you to go. I need you to step out. I need you. Can I just tell you sometimes, sometimes, in fact, I'm even going to go this far. Most of the time, 
Faith is obedience to a prompt, not knowing the outcome, not knowing the result, not knowing how. Hang on, hang on. How does it, how, 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 how is it me bringing my tithe? How, how, and when Pastor Colin was saying that the tithe is not mine, it's the Lord's, and I'm just returning to God, where's that in the Bible? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, where everything kind of went wrong, Adam and Eve were given a garden to tend and to keep. And of all the trees of the garden, they could freely eat except for one. One tree they weren't allowed to eat from. So of all the trees they could freely eat, but there was one tree. God says, don't eat from that tree. That's my tree. You'd attend it. You're to keep it. You're not allowed to eat from it. You're not allowed to eat from it. So God put in their possession something that they were to care for, something they were to steward that didn't belong to them. When they ate what didn't belong to them, they were evicted from the garden. Had they honored God, it's the first tithe, had they honored God with what belonged to him, they would have remained under his provision and protection. It's Genesis. All right, let, let me just unpackage that. Because people say, well, you know, if God knows everything and, and, you know, why did God put the tree? If God knows everything, he had to put the tree. He had to put the tree. He had to put the tree. And let me just say this also on the, the God knows everything. You don't know God. God, God. God has access to all knowledge. He has access to all knowledge. But if you read the scriptures, which we always encourage... In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love, and God is love, love believes all things, hopes all things. Love never fails. So God, when he looks at you, always believes the best. He always believes you're going to make the right choice. So God was looking at Adam and Eve, and God was believing, because love believes all things, that they would reject the devil, that they that was what God was believing. Now, he could access, and he already had the lamb slain but God now why would God put the tree in the garden very very simple because Adam and Eve were given authority over the earth who gave them that authority God how do they remain in that authority well a centurion said to Jesus my servant lies you know sick and Jesus said I'll come to your house and heal him he says oh no 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 he says I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof but like you I too am a man under authority I say to this one go and he goes I say to this one come and he comes he says just speak the word and my servant is healed the reason the tree was in the garden was so that Adam and Eve would remain under authority. They would have authority while they remained under authority. The way that they remained under authority was to not eat, not steal from God, not take from what was God's. By them submitting, saying, we're, we're going to eat from all the trees except that one because we remain under his authority. They would have authority. That's why they lost authority when they ate from the tree. That's why they lost authority. So can I just tell you the beginning of all your breakthroughs and the beginning is beginning with the tithe. That's not in my message. That wasn't, okay. Forgive me. I'm trying to get to these points and I'm now sidetracked. Oh dear Jesus. All right. So, all right. So the first thing, first thing, faith, faith unsettles. Number one, point number one, faith unsettles. The first thing that's probably already happening now is you're going to get triggered in church. You're going to get a little unsettled in church. You're going to get tweaked in church. 
You're going to hear things because I, I don't know how to do church. My dad was an atheist. We didn't grow up going to church. I got saved on a beach. I didn't even get saved in church. Like God knew that there was no way I was going to come to church. So what I love is God came to me on a beach through Christian surfers. And I got saved on a beach. I received Jesus Christ on a beach through a Christian surface outreach, January 1986, before a lot of you were born. That's where I met, met Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, I got to tell I don't know how to do this, this, this church thing. All I know is what God has shown me, I'm to show you. What God has done in me, I'm to, to help you access, for you to experience. I've seen God heal. I've seen God deliver. I've seen God transform. I've seen God bring breakthrough. I don't know how to do religion. I saw religion. I tried it and I'm like, ah, I really don't like this. It's all fake it till you make it. It's all facade. It's all external. It's all, and there's no substance. It's, it, it, religion is the greatest breeding ground of hypocrisy and you don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to be a hypocrite because all the time you, you read this and it says, you know, and, and, you know, take this one and cast him out and uh, sign him a portion with the hypocrites. Well, there'll be weeping, gnashing of teeth. And this one was cast out with the hypocrites. Well, there'll be, God does not do well with hypocrites. Hypocrite is I'm one thing blessed and highly favored. Greetings and say, I'm one thing on the outside, but something completely different on the inside. So we don't, here we do real. We do fresh, real, powerful because we don't want to breed hypocrites because I don't want you out there weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want you on the inside with joy, living in joy, overflowing. Somebody say amen. amen. So you're going to get triggered here and we don't apologize for it. In fact, if the Bible is really being preached, it should trigger you. Can I just tell you, can I just tell you, the Treasure Valley has a sin problem because Boise has a sin problem because America has a sin problem. Because planet Earth has a sin, because humans have sin problems. The reason Jesus died on the cross is because man had a sin problem he couldn't fix. So Jesus died on the cross and broke the power of sin, broke it so that you and I in Christ can become the righteousness of God. Not the righteousness of a saint, not the righteousness of an angel, but the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus, so when, when you hear preaching, it's going to trigger you if it's working. How many people know that, that faith, the, the Bible says that um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So truth liberates, but before it liberates, it first penetrates. So when you hear the word, you're going to be like, oh, don't leave. If you're going to a church where I'm looking for a church that's comfortable. No, you don't want to be there. <laughs> comfortable is the enemy of breakthrough. Comfortable is the enemy of all progress. No progress comes to the comfortable. So have, have a look at this. Have a look at this in, in Genesis 11. Uh, it's in the NIV. It says, Terah, who is Abraham's father, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of, of his son Abram, and together they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. They settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. 205 years. He, he came to Haran, and then he died in Haran. He settled in Haran. He died in Haran. No coincidence. He settled. He died. You die where you settle. You die where you settle. The first thing, the first thing the Word of God will do, it will so tweak you, it will so penetrate you that it will unsettle you. 
It's meant to unsettle you. It's meant to unsettle you because what God has for you is far greater than what you think you have for you. What God has for you. And so, so if you settle for bad marriage, if you settled well, you don't understand, Pastor, in our family, you know, we've always had debt. In our family, you know, alcoholism runs in our family. You know, Pastor, diabetes runs in our family. You know, you, you don't have to live under that. Why, 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 why? Where you settle is where you die. Well, how, 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 do you, how, do you, how do you equate that one, Pastor? It's, like, it's just basic biology. That's just DNA, Pastor. That's biology. It's passed down. You, you saying I can escape my DNA, my biology? Well, my Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things... Some things, not most things, all things have passed away. Behold, everything is, you're a brand new creation. You're walking out of that. You don't have to live under those things. You can come out. So God says to Abraham, I need you to get out of your house. I need you to get away from your family and out of your father's house, out of your country, out of your family, 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 familia. Familia, get out of the familiar spirits, get out of the culture, get out of your father's house to a land that I'm going to show you, and there I'll make of you a great nation. In other words, your leaving determines my making. Your departure determines my making. If you stay where it's comfortable, I can't perform my will. But if you will step out of what is familiar, if you will step out to what is known, if you will step out from what is comfortable, if you will step out from all your security, if you will step out, then I can, then I can make of you a great nation. Sadly, Abraham's father, I believe, was the first one called. But when he came to Haran, when he came to Haran, it's interesting, his son is named Haran because he named the area after his son. His son was buried there. Haran died rescuing Terah, his father's idols, from his house that Nimrod had burnt to the ground that set on fire. Terah had run back in uh, sorry, Haran had run back in to steal, get his father's idols, and he perished. And because Terah's son, Haran, perished because of his idolatry, he could not get past the guilt. He couldn't move past the shame. And so he couldn't leave that region. He was, he was soul tied to that, to that region because of a trauma, because of guilt, because of shame. Can I just tell you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. One of the things that you'll see is that there's conviction of sin, but there's also an antidote. There's also an atonement of sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross to break the power of sin, to set you free from sin, to set you free from the law of sin and death so that you may have the law of righteousness and life flowing through you so you can come out from under that. God says, I want you to get out of your father's house. While you're in the father's house, you carry your father's legacy. A son's job is to honor the father. A son's job is to carry the legacy of his father. And God says to Abraham, uh, I need you to come out from under your father's house. You still honor your father, but you come out from under there because I'm going to start a brand new legacy. The legacy of your house, Abraham, is you're going to be the household of faith. You're going to be the household of faith. You're going to bring, you're going to bring things into the world where it looks impossible, where things look dead. The Bible says that Abraham, not, not counting the deadness of his body, 
or the deadness of Sarah's womb being beyond childbearing age when she was young, when she was young, when she was young, when she was ovulating, when she was young, she couldn't conceive. Now she is 90. Now she's 90. Those days are gone. She's gone through menopause. She, there hasn't been an ovulation. And yet God says, now it's time. And she conceives and brings forth Yitzhak because Abraham was, was birthing a faith that would come into the world that would devastate the powers of darkness, devastate the devil's kingdom and usher in the kingdom of God. When you are born again, just so you know, you come under literally the flow of Abraham. You, you, you and I are sons and daughters of Abraham. Somebody say amen. All right, I'm going to move to number two. Now, there's a much better abbreviated version of, chapter, of, of point number one in the 9 a.m., so I encourage you to listen to it. But number two, faith resurrects. Faith resurrects. Abraham believed that God brings the dead back to life. In Genesis 22, God says to, to, to Abraham, I want you to take now Isaac, your son, your only son, and I want you to put him on an altar and offer him as a burnt offering. Isaac was about 12 years of age when this happened. When, when Abraham put Isaac on an altar, he was 12. Presented him. But, but, but Isaac wasn't his only son. Ishmael was also his son. But God didn't ask for Ishmael. God asked for Isaac. God says, I want you to bring me Isaac, your only son whom you love, and offer him as a burnt offering. Isaac was not just presented by Abraham in faith, but Isaac existed because of Abraham's faith. The Bible says that, that in Genesis 15, God appears to Abraham and says to him, Abram, Abram, and Abram says, here I am. And God says, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And Abram says, well, what's the point of your reward? What's, what's the point of all this blessing? I got more stuff than I know what to do with. I've got more blessing than I know what to do with. And here, God, in case you haven't noticed, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant born in my house, is heir of everything. Look, you haven't given me a son. And God says, really? He says, get out of your house, get out of your tent, and look up and begin to count the stars if you are able. Because more will your descendants be than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. See, if, if you read your Bible, which we encourage, you will find that the Bible says that Sarah, Abraham's wife, was barren. It says Sarah was barren. She was unable to conceive because she was barren. She was the one that brought Hagar and says, why don't you sleep with Hagar? Maybe it, I can raise up children through Hagar. And that's how Ishmael came. And then she regretted it afterwards. And she was angry with Abraham for, for saying yes. <laughs> and any man that's married will know. Like one, one year, I said, honey, your, your, birthday, your birthday falls right in the middle of our, of our management retreat. We're going to be in Big Bear. It's Wednesday, your birthday. What do you want me to do? Like a gift. Are you, she goes, oh, no, don't give, don't, don't give me a present while we're there. I don't, it's awkward. I don't want, no. No, just, just, you know, give me something when I get back. So Wednesday morning, I wake up. And I'm like, happy birthday, baby. She goes, yeah, some birthday. I'm like, oh, what's the matter? She goes, you didn't even get me a present. I said, I asked you last week. And you said, no, don't get me one because we're at a management retreat. And you didn't want to do it. She goes, yeah, but I didn't mean it. I was meant to figure it out, stupid. 
So anyway, so Abram makes a dumb decision, Hagar. But Sarah was barren. So if you took Sarah to, to the, the clinic, the Mayo Clinic, to, to the hospital, they would all identify, ain't nothing wrong with Abraham because, you know, Hagar conceived straight away. It's, it's, it's Sarah's womb. Sarah's baby factory is broken. And yet, God doesn't say, hey, let's pray for Sarah. I'm going to fix Sarah. God says, that's not the issue. God says, the issue is very, very different. He says, I need you to get out of your tent. And I need you to look up. And I need you to count the stars. Before anything changed in Sarah's body, something had to change in Abraham's vision. Before a baby could be conceived in Sarah's womb, God had to change what Abraham saw and believed. What, because for God to put a baby in a barren woman's womb is easy. It's easy. He doesn't even need to break a sweat. To, that's easy. But then all that would have been birthed is a baby. God wasn't trying to bring a baby into the world. God was trying to bring a faith into the world. He was trying to bring a faith. He was trying to birth not just a child, but that child is conceived, carrying the DNA of heaven, carrying the DNA of an extraterrestrial terrain, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that would have a faith because Joseph would be thrown into a prison. Into a, into a pit and then he would be sold as a slave twice once to the Ishmaelites and then once to the Egyptians he, he would see the contract sign he would see the exchange of the, the silver shekels he would see the chains as he's led down to Potiphar's house he would be in Potiphar's house serving faithfully in the house and then falsely accused of rape and then incarcerated in a prison as a rapist and yet there was something in that man there was something on the inside of him that contrary to hope, in hope believe. There was something that even though he was in a prison, abandoned by his brothers, his father was told that he was dead. They took his, his coat of many colors, tore it, put goats, dipped it in goat's blood and says, is this, do you recognize this garment? And, and the Bible says, and Yachov said, it's my sons, it's my sons. He shall no longer come to me. I shall go to him one day. And the Bible says, and Jacob died on that day, abandoned by his father, forgot nobody's coming to rescue, no Nobody's coming to deliver, and yet he doesn't give up, and yet he doesn't go indignant or bitter towards God because there's a faith. How did that faith? That faith came because Abraham got out and believed that even though I, my body's dead and her barren, her womb is barren. God has promised me. Can I just tell you, in this house, in this house, stop living down to what the experts have said. Stop living down to the problems. Well, you don't understand the interest rate. You don't understand how difficult. You Stop living down to that. Let this house bring you out of your tent, bring you out from under a limited shallow ceiling, bring you out so that you get a fresh new vision, so you get a fresh new understanding because what you're meant to produce is faith. The faith of Abraham's on the side of you. I don't have time. But when Jesus hung on the cross, when Jesus hung on the cross, one of the prayers that Jesus prayed on the cross was, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the cross, 
Jesus became sin. He didn't just take our sin, He became sin. At the moment He became sin, He felt the Father turn His back. He felt for the first time in His 33 years, the disconnect of the Father leaving Him. He's now abandoned by Abba. He's now abandoned by His Father on the cross. He says, my God, my God, why? He felt the separation. He felt the abandonment. And then he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. The Bible says, and it was first written about King David, you will not abandon your Holy One to decay. You will not allow your Holy One to decay in the grave. Jesus knew the Scripture. And even though He felt abandoned like Joseph, He had the Abrahamic faith because He was born of Mary. Mary was of the lineage of David, which goes all the way back to Abraham. There was a faith in the DNA. When you are born again, you come into that Abrahamic faith. Don't live under the circumstances. You are meant to live above the circumstances. You are here to change the circumstances. God put the treasure in the treasure valley, not for the wicked, not for the greedy, not for the unrighteous. He put it in there for His sons and daughters. You're meant to unlock the treasures, not just of the treasure valley, but the treasures of heaven. Oh, man. I'm not... <laughs> one minute. I've got to leave that. I've got to miss that out. All right, number three. Number three, the last one. Last one. Then I've got to pray. Last one. Point number three. Faith sees the unseen. Faith sees the invisible. Faith sees the invisible. The first command to Adam and Eve, or the first command to Adam, really, Eve, Eve doesn't happen until chapter 2. In Genesis 1.29, God says to, to Adam, after he says, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, fish in the sea, birds of the air, subdue. Then verse 29, God says to, to him, see. See. I've given every herb, every tree, every fruit-bearing plant to you. To you it shall be for food, but it has seed within itself. When, when Adam looked, he saw an apple, but inside the apple was a seed. When he looked and saw the orange, inside the orange was a seed. You can't see the seed from the outside. Whenever God says see, he, He's saying, I need you to see what is not apparent. I need you to see what is not visible. The Bible says that as Christians, we set our eyes not on what is visible, what, but what is invisible. Because the visible is temporal, but the invisible is eternal. In this house, you're going to begin to, to, to acquire a faith that causes you to see the impossible. When Joseph was in the prison, what kept him? What kept him? in faith. Well, God gave him two dreams. Remember the first dream, there, there were the sheaves of the field. And he says, behold, there I was in the in she, and all your sheaves bowed down to me and the brothers hated him. And then he says, I dreamed another dream, but this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were all bowing down to me. Sheaves are things that men, seeds that they plant, wheat that grows in the field that are stewarded by men, that are planted by men, that are harvested by men. But the sun, moon, and stars were placed by God. The reason God gave him two dreams is two is always confirmation. But the second dream, God would say to you, to, to Joseph's son, the time will come where the, the dream that I gave you will be impossible for the hand of man. So I had to show you that I've already orchestrated in the heavens that the sun, moon, and that it'll be supernatural. So Joseph was able, because, because he saw the invisible, he achieved the impossible. In this house, 
the preaching, if you can get through the trigger, if you can get through the unlocking, if you can get through the unsettling, it'll bring you into a place where you're going to see the unseen. Faith sees the unseen. Jesus says, I lay my life down. And because I lay it down, I have authority to take it up again. He says, the Son of Man will be betrayed by sin, by by men, handed over to the sinners, crucified, but on the third day he will rise again. Jesus saw the unseen and so he achieved the impossible. In this house, God wants to give you fresh vision. When Colin and Melissa came up, they didn't come up to take over a church. There was no church here. They, 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 they left San Diego. They left a comfortable life, a wonderful life, a beautiful home. And they, they went out to a city whose builder and maker was God. They didn't know there was no guarantee. There was no underwriting. We didn't say, hey, look, if it doesn't work out, here's a check. And hey, let's just test. They came believing God. They were like Abraham. But they came because I see, I see the Spirit. I see the Spirit of faith. They came seeing. He, 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 I'd be on the phone with Pastor Colin and say, Pastor, I see, I see this church. I don't just see it in one location. I see it in multiple locations. And I see a shift coming over. In fact, I, I see God doing something so powerful in the region that it spreads to the other. He, he's beginning to see. It's, it's not here yet. Did you know that everything that exists has to first exist in the invisible? Did you know that the kingdom of God begins in the invisible and it moves to the visible? Everything in the kingdom begins in the invisible and moves to the visible. Okay, you're looking at me. Okay. Before this was visible in my hand, it existed in the invisible mind of Steve Jobs. Before we could see you visibly, you were invisible. You was so small, a seed from your father, fertilizing an egg, so small, so tiny, in the invisible hidden area of the womb. You be, everything in the kingdom begins in the invisible and moves to the visible. In this house, there is a faith that's going to cause you to see the invisible so that you can see the impossible come to pass. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I need you to lift your hands high to heaven. I want to. I just want to impart that. If you, if you needed to hear that today, lift your hands high to heaven. And I just hear the Lord say this. This is a word that I'm sending out. Today is the beginning of a brand new chapter. Today is the beginning of the brand new. And the Lord would say, there are people here and you're looking back at the old and the enemy loves to remind you of your history. He loves to remind you of your failures, your indiscretions, your iniquities, your sin, the sins of your forefathers, because he wants to just keep pressing repeat cycle, repeat cycle, repeat. Oh, he loves nothing more than you. Remember when Elijah was depressed? Remember when Elijah was depressed? He said, Lord, it is enough now. Take my life for I am no better than my father's. The devil loves to do repeat cycle. But I want you to know Jesus is the cycle breaker. Jesus is the cycle breaker. You don't live under that. Right now in the name of Jesus, I declare in the name of Jesus, devil. I break the repeat cycle over people's lives. I break the cycle of alcoholism, alcohol addiction, drug, drug addiction. 
drug dependency. I break the spirit of divorce and dysfunction and abuse. I break those cycles now. I break poverty cycles. I break poverty mindsets now in Jesus' name. I break the cords of sin and iniquity. I break generational transgressions transgressions into perversion into lust into pornography into immorality I break it now in Jesus name I declare freedom over men's minds freedom over hearts freedom over lives Father I, I, right now even the, I, I hear the Lord even with eating disorders and the spirit of rejection God breaking it now God breaking it now the spirit of this world tries to say this is what's beautiful this is what you need to look for I break that spirit now. I break the spirit of performance right now in Jesus' name. God didn't make you a human doing. He made you a human being. You are not what you do. Your value isn't what you do. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. That's why the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive. Jesus didn't say accomplish. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He didn't ask you to accomplish. He didn't ask you to perform. He didn't ask you to do. He asked you to be. Be still. Be free. Be loosed. Father, I thank you for anointing. I thank you for fresh oil. Thank you for fresh chapters. Thank you for new days. Just with your eyes closed, I want you to begin to see. See a different day. Sean Burrows, Sean and Star. You know, it's so interesting. New York is divided up into boroughs. And, uh, and I, just, I, I, I just heard the Lord when I was on the front row worshiping. Say, tell, tell Sean and Star that you've been faithful over one. So God is going to multiply it. Because you've been faithful, God is going to just multiply. There's, there's going to be a, a dramatic increase. In fact, whatever is in your hand now, get ready. God is going to sevenfold it. There's going to go, it's, there's a seven X of multiplication coming. And, uh, but God has given you a spirit of wisdom so that you can manage it because everybody wants blessing. And then when the blessing comes, stewarding the blessing can crush you. But God gives wisdom. God gives wisdom. I just see incredible blessing, incredible favor. There's such blessing. You're meant to be in this house. You're meant to be, and you're meant to be under these leaders. There, 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 there are certain things in a, in a, in a human heart that, that are only unlocked by coming under the right leadership. And you guys have always had greatness on the inside of you. But God sent this couple up here because you're meant to come under them because they're the ones that have the keys to unlock. Did you know that the kingdom and life moves at the speed of relationships? There's, a, there's an old saying, show me your friends and I'll tell you your future. Some of you need to, to just let some of those friends just become old acquaintances. Still be friendly, but just don't be influenced. If you want to soar with eagles, you can't hang out with turkeys. But I'm telling you, what Colin Melissa did pioneering the Pathfinders ministry, 99% of Christians are called to be ministers in the marketplace. In the marketplace. 
These guys have keys that are going to unlock the greatness, unlock the greatness, unlock the greatness, unlock the greatness. The beautiful Ross family, beautiful Ross family. I just see incredible favor and blessing. And Chris, the Lord's telling me, your beautiful bride has a dream to own her home. And God is going to work with you, beside you, in you and through you to bring that. And it won't be one home. It'll be this will be the first of many, many homes. But the Lord would say, don't, don't say it's too difficult. Don't even say it's impossible. I'm with you. I'm with you, says the Lord. A beautiful home, and it's your home. The title, the title deed says Chris and Randy Ross. It's something that your children are going to inherit. And it'll be the first. It'll be the first of, of a bunch of them, but it's the first. The first one, the battle is always for the first. You ask Abraham, the battle was for the first. The battle's always in for the first. But once you get the first, all the rest come down. Once David took down Goliath, there was a slaughter. There was a massive slaughter amongst But it was just, they had to take down the first. Once you get the Goliath, the rest come easy. That's the battle. Father, I thank you for blessing. Father, I thank you for those who are not yet homeowners, who are believing to own a home. I thank you for those whose businesses have been struggling. You need to understand the spirit that rose up in 2020 right through to now has attacked small business, has attacked the middle class because the Bible says the rich rules over the poor. It doesn't say the rich rules over the middle class. It says the rich rules over the poor. So a lot of the rich, George Soros, Bill Gates, they don't want you to come from poverty into prosperity because when you become, as you prosper and become wealthy, they have no power over you. The history of the world has always been the few ruling over the many. And these reprobates, these globalist reprobates want to repeat that because they want power and control over your life. But America has always been the great antidote because she is empowered from the bottom up. People have come here with nothing but rags on their backs and, and created fortunes and dynasties. That's the spirit of America. That's why Satan hates America. And that's why there's such warfare. But lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you for blessing. I thank you for favor. I thank you for anointing. And I want to just release a word that the treasure of the treasure valley, God did not put it here for the wicked, for the greedy, for the ungodly and the unrighteous. He put it here for his sons and his daughters of faith. Father, let them receive. Just receive it now. See prosperity. See blessing. See function. See curses broken. See expansion. See elevation. See yourself soaring. See the kingdom established in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.